Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. Terrible tubers, gorgeous Georgians, Siamese tours, while Victorian woeful wars, ferocious fights, stingy castles, daring knights, horrors that defy description, cutthroat cuts on full ejection, vicious Vikings, cruel crimes, punishment from ancient times, Roman rotten, rank and ruthless, cavemen, savage, fierce and tubeless, groovy Greeks, rainy sages, mean and misery, middle ages. Gory stories, we do that, and your host are talking rats, the past is no longer a mystery, welcome to Horrible Histories. Good evening and welcome to television. G'day! Hello! Whoa! Hey! Oh, whoa! I'm Philip Hunting. And I'm Wayne Stellini and welcome to our Fred Watch Anzac Day special. Now, for those who don't know, Anzac Day is the day which Australia commemorates its entry into the First World War via the Gallipoli Campaign. It was our first foray into the world stage and thus is commemorated as a special event and time in Australia's history. That's right, Philip. So, for this Anzac Day, what are we reviewing on Fredwatch? Today, we're reviewing the Horrible History's Frightful First World War Special. Tell us about it, Janet! (laughs) The Horrible History's Frightful First World War Special, written by Caroline Norris, Giles Pilbrow, Steve Punt, Lawrence Rickard, and Ben Ward, is an episode of the children's television show Horrible Histories. This episode explores the events of 1914 through to 1918 in a humorous and palatable way. Based off Terry Deary's book of the same name, the special is hosted by show regulars Bob Hale, Lawrence Rickard, and Rattus Rattus, John Eccleson, and includes sketches such as the shouty man's World War I wee-wee and historical MasterChef, plus many more performed by the comedy sketch team behind the award-winning series. Wayne. Yes, Philip. What were your thoughts? Well... It's always interesting when you're approaching something as serious as war Mm. and then putting sketch comedy on top of it. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the Horrible Histories series is a fantastic one. It's highly acclaimed. So how do we bring that into something like discussing World War I? It's easy to, I guess tell World War One insensitively when you're approaching it with a comedy angle. Mm. But as somebody who does have an interest in education and education of young people, I love Horrible Histories as a series because it makes really heavy and dense content so accessible. Mm. And this particular special is no exception whatsoever. It's skillfully presented and really well made. It's engaging all the way through. It uses humor, factual information, even musical numbers <laughs> to show, I guess, the absurdity of war. Mm. Like we've reviewed films before that demonstrates and depicts what war was like. And we can see as adults how absurd it is. Like, what are these people really fighting for? You know, when we strip away the ideologies and the politics. It's lambs to the slaughter. Mm. And that's quite heavy material to present to young people, particularly children Mm. and even adolescents, who might be interested in the topic, but when you get down to the nitty-gritty, it's pretty grisly stuff. 
Horrible Histories is a wonderful introduction to some dense material, some complex material, especially when you're talking about the causes of World War One. Mm. I've actually had to teach that topic myself, and it is difficult for me to say, how can I present this coherently? Yeah, and yeah. I think that this special actually does a fantastic job at doing it. So this one was thoroughly engaging and entertaining, and I think for the demographic, for the audience that it aims for, it hits the spot. Mm. How about yourself, Philip? What were your thoughts? Well, I'm actually a huge fan of Horrible Histories. I had the books in the 90s when I was a kid and read them from childhood through to teenagehood through to adulthood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I've really loved this series. So as a slight tangent, there was a series before this done in a cartoon sort of way. I never appreciated that one as much as I appreciate this because they didn't quite take his books then quite often they essentially rewrote history it was more about how much fun can these two characters have in historical context right with a little bit of historical knowledge and and stuff thrown in this one whilst it doesn't take that story format that the the first one did takes more of the books format in taking chapters and skits and makes history palatable for children yeah, you can definitely see it in the manner that it's presenting as like a sketch show. Mm. So it's, as you said, it's chapter by chapter That's by chapter. It. And what's great about it is if you're not particularly interested in one particular topic, i.e. sketch, you've got something else that moves on. Yeah. They all build on to one another. So That's they're all it. important. But again, you're talking about children yeah. who might not be so focused in one. Something else will grab their attention. attention enough. Yeah. And this particular episode is a little different to the normal series and the more normal episodes mm. because they will take different historical eras yep. and sort of slam them all in together. So there's a bit more of a mismatch. This being the First World War special focuses only on this era, the First World War era. Yeah. One of the things I love about it is that it doesn't treat children like idiots. No. And Terry Deary, the guy who wrote the books originally, was very big on treating kids like young adults. In that sense of, don't talk down to them, just talk to them. Yeah, exactly. You know, use, use their language, but his sort of idea was, it's no different to talking to someone in German. Yeah. When we talk down to children, it is akin to going well to Germany, to use that example, and going... Do you speak English? <laughs> yeah. I want a sandwich. It's very rude and patronizing. Yeah, it's quite insulting, it's isn't quite it? It's quite insulting. Yeah. And that's essentially what you're doing. He feels you're doing to children yeah. when you try to talk down to them to explain. And you know what's great about children is that if they don't understand it, so even if the type of language and the method of communication that you're presenting to them isn't quite sinking in, They will either, A, ask questions, Mm -hmm. and I know this is a program, so Mm -hmm. who are they going to ask, but they will ask someone, or they will go and research independently, especially now with the internet. They will go and research independently or ask relatives or, you know, other friends or even their teachers more about this. Like, tell me more about this. We can sometimes forget, because we can be a bit cynical sometimes, how thirsty for knowledge children are, especially when you've got a topic like this. Yes, most certainly. Even within the show, yes, okay, they use, you know, language that is a bit more, as an adult, you might go, oh, they're talking down to them, but it's really not. It's just using their language. Yeah. You, you talk about kids asking why, even in one of the skits, you know, the, the general turns around and says, we're going to war with uh, Germany because 
uh, a Serbian shot an Austrian. Yeah, exactly. And the guy goes, but why? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's it. It's that child's curiosity of, hang on, why? Yeah. And you know what, Phil? That actually sprung to mind a lesson that I took with year nine students. So we're talking about like, what, 14, 15 year olds. And trying to explain why so many <laughs> countries got involved because a duke got killed, it's difficult. Yeah. And I love that this show breaks it down and it explains it. And watching this reminded me of examples that I was trying to say of, well, if I'm picking on your mate, you're going to go stand up for your mate against me, but then my mate's going to come in and then, yeah. oh, you're looking and you're worried about this and that. It does it so well here. Yeah. Yes, it's in the confines of a boardroom, but it's explained, it's broken down. Yeah. And one of the things I love about this special is that it's so educational even for adults. Yes. Because... Not all of us have higher education degrees, or it might have been a while since we learned about World War One in history. This breaks it down and mm. makes it understandable. Yeah. It means that even if you've got kids in your life, this is a great go-to, so that if they ask questions, you can explain it. Yeah, man, yeah. that's it, that's it. And one of the things I love about it is that it looks at all the gritty stuff in history yeah. that children love. Yeah. It, it talks about... Soldiers using urine yeah. to, to soften their boots and to use as a gas mask. And yeah. This stuff, which actually in real life was pretty heavy. Yeah. You're able to get kids interested in the history of it by introducing these fun little topics, these Ab- silly little things. No, absolutely. And because on the surface you go, oh, the show is using toilet humor to appeal to a low denominator. No. There's an audience and this audience loves toilet humor because it's funny. But what you're doing is you're not just making stuff up or you're not using toilet humor, so to speak, for the sake of using it. You're using it as a way of being accessible. It is talking to their language because that starts a beautifully broad discussion about, okay, can you imagine what that must have been like? We've all been to a public toilet. (laughs) We know what that smells like. Now put that to your face. Now wash your shoes in it. Now go eat a meter away from it. There was a comedian, I believe it was a historical comedian. And of course I don't have the reference on me, but he was talking about how up until recently, it is only this recent idea that we flush away our poop. Yeah. You know, up until recently, it was around you. You walked in it, you lived in it, you... (laughs) It was your life. There were jobs revolving around carting away dung. And it's only a recent idea that we shovel it away and get rid of it. Yeah, well, wasn't it in the old days in England that people would always have like little snuff pouches to get rid of the smell and so forth? Yep. And I believe that even in the early stages of Melbourne being built, it was nicknamed Smelburn because it didn't have the best sewerage or uh, garbage disposal systems. But yeah, you're right. In the history of the human race... It's not very old that we're doing this, that hygiene is such a priority. So you're right. On the surface, it might come across as being like, oh, yeah, whatever. But no, it's a lead into a fantastic conversation. Mm. And especially if you're teaching young boys, they'll love it. (laughs) They'll want to talk about this. There's actually a skit in another episode about, I believe it's Martin Luther of Lutheran or Protestant fame. All right. So Uh, who started the Protestant Reformation? Yes. Yes. He actually, a little as a fun side note that they have, they discovered that he had this fascination with his stools. Okay. And that he would actually 
after having a movement, <laughs> write extensively in his journal about its look, its smell, its con- uh, <laughs> construct. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. That's brilliant. And they use that as almost a step into the heavier stuff that he did. Yeah, and it, dealt with. it needs to be accessible, That's it. doesn't it? I mean, there was one of the things that I found really interesting, and I didn't know this before, mm-hmm. about, you know, the Germans waiting for a specific time of day to attack. Mm. Because they'd be like, well, it's the morning, the soldiers are going to be on the toilet. Mm. Like, you know, we can laugh about that, but what a predicament to be in. Yeah, one of the most... Good you know universal of human <laughs> functions and understanding but it's being used against you yeah. it's again about taking you on when you're so vulnerable mm. it's played for laughs here yeah yeah but it leads into broader yeah. conversations about warfare and and mind games and yeah, strategy exactly. all of these things and when you look into that even further you can discover like i actually discovered that there were also the opposite things happening where both sides were so frustrated with everything that was going on that there's actually cases where the two sides would make a deal with each other, no fighting before 9am. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. The, yeah, no, but that's it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Go and do, and there were, you know, times where certain sections of the line would be quieter and officers would come in and say, what the hell is going on? And they'd be like, mm. well, we made a deal. They don't shoot us up before 9am. We don't shoot before 9am. <laughs> we get to sleep. We get to rest. All is well. Because... They were just so frustrated with this sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It leads into, for me, one of the favourite, for lack of a better mm-hmm. terms, parts about the World War One story is that, you know, football match at Christmas yes. time. I love that they did touch upon this. Yes. And I love that the two sides said, we're not attacking each other. Mm. These particular groups mm. of people. So that makes me now want to go research well what happened to these two sides because they're essentially refusing to shoot each Mm, other. mm. Again, it plants a seed for a longer, broader conversation. And what a wonderful conversation to have about humanity. To say, on Christmas Day, they connected this way. They had a laugh. They Mm. did this. They then went back to killing, not literally each other, but their peers, their their countrymen, all of these things. It's actually uh, interesting that you bring that up with that, because if you can remember back to us watching Oh, What a Lovely War. Yes. It actually was talked about in that as well. That's right, yeah. And you find out through a snippet of that, and then, of course, if you go do research and stuff, that it wasn't a lot of those sections, a lot of those areas of the line. Mm Mm-hmm didn't start fighting again until they're forced to after New Year's. Yeah. A lot of them held out that long. When you, you make know? a connection with someone, even on the opposite side, mm. you realise that they are human. Yeah. How do you then shoot them? Exactly. You know? And this exactly. is, again, one of the things about events such as Christmas, things such as sport, it brings people together because they're universal. Mm. Even if you're not active participants... For example, you may not celebrate Christmas, but you understand what it's like getting together, having a drink, having a feed with people that you love. If you don't play sport, you understand the idea of maybe sitting and watching people play because it might be entertaining. Or if it's your friend and you want to support them, they're making friends with the enemy now. It's this community type of thing. So it's one of my favorite parts of the World War I story because it brings it down to people. That these soldiers 
They're not just numbers, and those numbers are steep. No, that's it. They're human that's beings. It. They connected. Yeah. Mm. And with that numbers being steep, I love how they deal with that in this special. Yeah. For example, there's a part where a soldier's talking to an officer. And he goes, oh, we didn't really take all that much land. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Forget the details. Yeah. And then he goes, X amount of people died. How about, oh, wait, that is bad. Yes. <laughs> so they don't make light of that. No. And also, I love how they use that part of looking at the map and seeing how far they've advanced. And then they go, okay, cool. At this rate, we'll reach Berlin in over a hundred years. Yeah. It's like, that is how futile this is. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Moving on from the actual stories, I'd like to talk a little bit about the actors, the actual performers. Yeah. Specifically, first off, about the two hosts. Yes. Wayne, have you seen much of Horrible Histories before? Not a lot. I've read a few of the books because I find history fascinating. And I like Horrible Histories in terms of the books because they make things accessible. Even to me, somebody who has studied history at a a higher education level, I'm not a genius or an expert (laughs) by any means. I may have used uh, Horrible History's book once in a... Uh, essay <laughs> and I may have gotten the note back saying well done <laughs> well played that is absolutely fantastic but it's a great resource that's it yeah and for somebody like me who doesn't always remember facts and figures and things like that it's accessible and yeah. if you can make it accessible to other people that's a beautiful thing mm. so in terms of the hosts and in terms yes. of the shows not familiar with it yes, at all. Beautiful. I've seen bits and pieces and I've even used elements of it in my own teaching, but not full episodes and have not delved too deeply. Yep. So yeah, a lot of this stuff, I was aware of the format yep. and I was aware of the style. I was aware of the rat, <laughs> <laughs> but the overall, I guess, meat and potatoes of the show, if you will. No, very new to me. So this was the first time I've seen a full episode. Beautiful. So what we're referring to is the two hosts of this particular special, the first one is uh, Rattus Rattus, played by John Eccleton, and he is a puppet rat. Mm. He is the main host of the original show. Okay. So within the, the normal episodes, he is actually the primary host. Yes. Provides the links, as you saw throughout this, the <laughs> links between different sketches, often giving either that extra bit of comedy or that extra bit of somberness so he's yeah. really good if something's somber he'll just he'll use a particular voice and his catchphrase of that's 100 accurate <laughs> that's cute is so gorgeous yeah. so gorgeous and then we have the second host bob hale played by lawrence ricard mm-hmm. bob hale actually is not usually a host okay he's got a skit called the bob hale report Right, okay. So it's still done in the same sort of format we saw here in the sense that he'll say a fact and then a fact and then not a fact and then a this, and but probably not that fact. <laughs> <laughs> and usually it's done, for example, he'll, they'll talk about, say, talk about the War of the Roses. It'll be right. the War of the Roses report with Bob Hale. Yes. Bob, thank you, Sam. Yes, War of the Roses. <laughs> yeah. And he'll go off on this sort of news-style journalistic piece yeah. about 
that topic. Yeah. Here, they've extended it out to him doing the full rundown of the war. Yeah. Which, between skits, which I think was really smart. Because he's probably one, one of the most well-known characters. Okay. And two, one of the better ones to be able to truly link all that together. Right. Because... They've got all these skits. These skits that we see are actually from other episodes. Oh, okay. So some of them are purpose-made. Yeah. Others are repurposed for this. They flow seamlessly here. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, honestly think that's because of the Bob Hale sections. Right, okay. Because that's able to link them all together. Yes, yeah. And it's telling in a chronological way. Mm. Um, it can't cover everything, but it covers a lot of key points and a lot of obscure points as yes, well. Yes. So it is performed beautifully across the board, mind mm, you. Mm. Hosts down. One of the things that I really loved and something I had no idea was the use of Girl Scouts. Yeah, that was neither. absolutely fantastic. I know. Before I saw this episode, I was like, never knew that. Yeah. Why hasn't every other country in the world thought of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely beautiful and brilliant, and I love that. There is possibly an ethical... (laughs) (laughs) Now there is. Now there is, yes. But I just love that. Again, in the overall narrative of the war, you would go, well, that's not really important, Mm. or it's too much time is spent talking about this. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, let's think about who our primary audience for this show is, so kids can say, ooh, could have been me, for example. Yeah, no, that's it. that, That sounds... Cool. I could have done that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like being in the trenches full of, you know, feces and rats and bullets flying around. Maybe not so cool. But being like a spy? Yeah. How cool is that? Exactly. Yeah, love, I love that they threw that in there. I love that the uh, fact that they tried uh, Boy Scouts and they just weren't trustworthy. (laughs) We didn't even need any placards or anything saying that that was true. We, you know, Philip, you and I just looked at it and go, yep, sounds right. Sounds right. That's legit. And if they turned around and said, no, no, we actually made that up as a gag, I'd be like, no, it's true. No, 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 <laughs> I, I challenge you. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I reckon it was true. And so I love seeing all the actors return. So this mm. is a troupe uh, of actors who have worked since season one. Okay, great. Most of the actors are the writers as well. Brilliant. So you do get this real passion for their work and you can see it. One skit which... They wouldn't have been able to put in, but I do, must admit, when I realised it wasn't in there, I kind of went, oh. Okay, so there's a deleted scene, uh, so to speak? De- uh, no, so there's a skit they'll usually use in almost every episode of Horrible Histories. Okay. And it's the character of Death Oh, okay. in a, a little skit called Stupid Deaths. Oh, okay. This is like their version of the Darwin Awards? Yes. Okay. And it's hilarious, but you just, I know full well why they can't put that into <laughs> yeah. an episode of Horrible, Horrible History. History's First World War. Yeah. And it links back, Phil, to my initial impressions of this. When you're talking about the war, do you do it in a comedic yeah, way that's it, that's and it. so forth? It's difficult to do it respectfully, mm. but for the purposes of education, mm. accessibility, information, communication, mm. starting a broader conversation, mm. this show does it really That's well. It. Even one of the Bob Hale bits, they start talking about the Battle of the Somme. Yeah. And he goes, and the funny thing about the Battle of the Somme... Nope, I've got nothing. No. because And that's it. That it brings it down, but it brings it down in a way that the kids could still be engaged in it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also that little reminder. I know we're having fun here. We're presenting stuff to you in an mm. engaging and fun way, but let's not forget the details. Yeah, that's it. You know? That's it, exactly. 
I feel every year we do an Anzac Day special. Yeah. I think we need to look at now the war mm. in the context of what we've just watched. Yeah. So again, you really liked how they explained the start of the war. Yeah. In this. Do you think maybe you might inco- incorporate some of that into, oh, into future future lessons? Oh, I think I'll show the whole sketch, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think what, what I would do is actually have that as an accessible entry and say, okay, yep. let's watch this and then break it down with maps and color coding and my same old yeah, <laughs> explanations. Yeah, yeah. That seemed to work well yeah, because, yeah, you yeah. know, kids understand friendship groups and things yeah. like that and allies and they're quite fascinated yeah. by and that as well. that's sort of what they use here as well. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. But I think when you're starting something that is so complex and convoluted and the start of World War One really is, it doesn't seem as cut and paste to say the start of World War Two or mm, other wars mm. because, again, you go, how does an assassination on that side of the mm. world affect the whole world, affect Australia, affect no, the states it, and things it. like that. And it's it's very much uh, views and passions and stuff that just we don't have today. No. Yes, we're nationalistic, but not in that sense. The idea that we have to go to war or, you know, Britain has to go to war because another country might be invaded mm. and they're allied with this nation and all because we said we would. I mean, yeah. these days, we're not even sure that uh, our allies will honour our, our treaties. Yeah. Like, <laughs> except for New Zealand. Except for New Zealand. But you're right, but, but it, you're right yeah. Phil. I think we're less gung-ho now. Yeah, that's it. And I guess there's a lot of reasons. We know better. Yeah, but we also, know We've had two world wars to know better. Yeah, <laughs> and hundreds of others, yes, you know, no, on a smaller certainly. scale. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. But also, warfare is so technologically advanced now. Yes. It is terrifying. Yes. So to some degree... I'm glad we don't have this spirit anymore. No, certainly. <laughs> but again, this show does such a great job of explaining why the world was, yeah. so to speak, or at least why Britain was. Yeah, that's You it. know, we're friends with Belgium. It's going to fall to Belgium and then it'll fall to us. Yep. We can't have that happening. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that they talk about is the suffragette movement. Right. And they actually uh, wrap it up all in a song, which is actually a bit of a controversial thing because they sort of gloss over it a bit and sort of just do a very watered down version which a lot of people have actually suggested that, okay, yes, you've got to water it down for children. You've got to sort of do, and you've only got so much time. But if you're going to do a piece, either do it in full or don't do it at all. Yeah, it's treated a bit more like a footnote. That's it's like it, the, that's it. one of the good things to come out of World War One is suffrage. Suffrage and yeah. women got the vote. Yeah. Until you look at the fact that it didn't happen in... It already happened in Australia and yes. it hadn't happened in America until a lot later. And it did. Yeah. For Britain, it... It did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah. and, which is a very Anglo-centric thing, which again, it's, an, it's a British show. That's yeah. fine. But... It makes out that after the First World War, and because of the First World War, everything was fine. It sort of overshadows and glosses over the fight, uh, the feminist fight, the suffragette fight. Yeah, one of the problems that I had with that, I didn't necessarily mind that it was reduced to a song, if you will, and not explained further, because it isn't the focus on women's rights and women's voting, but was the manner that it represented Emily Davison's death Mm. when she was under the king's horse. So the song implies that she suicided as Mm. a martyr for Mm. the cause. 
Whereas there are many theories to her death. Yes. This presents it as fact. Yes. And they've presented so many great facts, you would believe it. Yes. However, Emily's cause of death, yes, was based on injuries from being trodden on. But there's many theories mm. that she was trying to just go in front of it and was going to pin a banner to the horse to move the cause. There's nothing to really suggest that she martyred yes. herself yes. for the cause. So that stood out to me mm. that it was presented so factual. Yeah. And I have a problem with that. Yeah. Because everything else is done so well. And I believe it and I'm interested in going further. But this little fact that I know is there's nothing certain about her cause of death mm. Mm. or the motivations behind it. I didn't appreciate that they came to a conclusion. Yeah. They didn't really have any reason to come to a conclusion. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a minor detail, but when you're presenting historical facts in the way that this team does it and does it so well, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's an oversight. Yes. It's, it's, it feels a bit careless. Yeah. And that is one of the, as much as it's accurate, the one controversy this series actually has is that when it does mess something up yeah. or, or do something that's a bit maybe, oh, hang on, do they? They have zero way to fact check yeah. or, or retract the thing. Exactly. Whereas, you know, something like QI has quite often, okay, different show entirely. Yeah. But they present facts and say, this is a fact. Yes. They have quite often had shows where, or, 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 or little segments where they'll go, this is no longer a fact or yeah. we have new information and yes. they'll present it as such. Yes. In a horrible way of uh, docking people's points retroactively. <laughs> but, but that's <laughs> okay. But even, for example, an Australian panel show called Q&A, yes. which is talking about what's happening in the Australian and sometimes international political and social movement, the host, Tony Jones, will always say at some point in the show, if you've heard something or a claim that doesn't sound quite right to you, let us know and we'll mm, fact check it. That's it. Yeah, so there is that invitation of discussion. QI does it, yes, yeah. in a different way, but we're still very saying, no, we want to be as accurate as possible, even if it means retrospectively. Yep. A show like this that represents history can't really do that. Can't do that. No. And so I feel, and a lot of people also feel, they need to be that extra vigilant yeah. and exactly like this if you've got something where okay yeah it is widely agreed or widely believed mm. that she did it as a martyrdom style thing it's probably a for the movement was probably the better uh, a reason yeah uh, rather than oh she thought she could pin a banner <laughs> through the horse what an idiot yeah, yeah. Or, or any of that sort of thing is probably a, a better reason to be like She's trying to prove a point and try to show. And so it's almost better for this show to, even if they're just thrown in a tiny bit of, we think, yeah. or I probably, yeah. or most likely, <laughs> yeah. throw myself under the hall. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. that one tiny word or line or yeah. phrase. So that, yes, this is the thought that we believe it is yeah. as, as a history company, as a, as a uh, writing team. We are most convinced by this story. Yeah, because that's the mythology, that of, the mythology of her death. A lot of people focus on her death more than what she's achieved in life. Well, that's it, yeah. that's it. But it still needs to have that proviso, especially when talking to kids. Exactly, yeah. Um, and even for adults, I know full well, this is my argument for historical movies coming back again, mm. that if you're doing a historical movie, do it in a way that is as representative as possible because... 
lots of people are just going to take what you've said as gospel. Yes. Is that fair? No. <laughs> Is that right? No. Yeah. But that's the reality of it. And it's the same for, with any film that begins with the words based on a true, true story, story yeah. inspired by a true story, yeah. inspired by actual facts. Nobody really takes in the whole, well, this is based on a true story. Certain scenes and people yeah, were yeah, dramatized yeah. For, for dramatic purposes. Yeah. I mean, Phil, you and I are writers. We both know yeah, about creative it. license. That's it. But a lot of people will just sort of accept it as it is. Yeah. yeah. Wayne, final thoughts. Well, thanks for bringing this to us, Phil, as the Anzac Day special for this year. That's all right. We might be a bit cautious about presenting a comedy sketch show for Anzac Day. It's definitely not in a disrespectful manner. If anything, it is in a very accessible, Mm. engaging and informing manner. And it does so in a way that reiterates the absurdity of sending people to war to kill one another for an ideology that, let's face it, you don't really know is right because everyone has all these different (laughs) ideologies and everybody's right, but not everyone can be right. Mm. There's no right or wrong really in war because people are doing what they strongly believe in. That leads to the absurd nature. Horrible Histories presents this in an accessible, clear and engaging way. It is wonderfully educational. Not quite perfect, as we've just discussed, <laughs> but it is far superior to a lot of other educational yes, programs that can yes. be quite dry mm-hmm. and boring. It makes dense material very enjoyable, yep. informative, and more importantly, opens a lot of broader discussions. Yeah, yeah. So it is a great special and one worth watching for us to reflect and remember of all the sacrifices and horrors of the Great War. Four and a half out of five. Beautiful. Philip. I can only but reiterate everything you just said because, yeah, it, it, this is one of my favourite history shows, mm. um, television shows, for as a docu- well, documentary style uh, comedy show. <laughs> yeah. It is just, it brings fresh life into what can be dull medium for children. Mm. It is... A definite go-to for me when I'm trying to uh, explain you know, stuff to people. I'll quite often pull up a horrible <laughs> history. Oh, well, this is this is the thing that they... Yeah. And definitely has its shortcomings, but shortcomings that are not inexcusable. Mm. Definitely for me, this is one of those five out of five. Highly recommend you watch well the series as a whole but definitely uh this anzac day if it's on insert publicly uh funded uh <laughs> television network here definitely sit down and have a watch with your kids yeah absolutely and you know what it's worth um sourcing on dvd as well as a keepsake i think oh, certainly yeah well with all of that i've been a philip hunting and i've been a wayne stellini and, and you've, you've just, just experienced, experienced fred watch q music I'm not going to be that disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Blooper reel. G'day. Hello. Hello. Hey. Whoa. Isn't it Wayne first? No.
because you're the host. Uh, and okay. then I lead you into it. Yeah, of course. I'll start <laughs> your film. Yep. Now, for those who don't know, Anzac Day is the day which Australia commemorates its entry into the First World War um, via the... Via the and via the Gallipoli campaign, the horrible histories, frightful, the horrible histories, frightful First World War special, written by Caroline. No- don't do this, Budden. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> don't. Don't make me laugh. Oh. <laughs> Come on, give me a chance. I can see your smile from the corner of my eye, and I'm really trying to give I'm you a fair... Let's be getting ready to talk. Talking. I'm trying to give you a... Talking here. I'm trying to give you a fair go. You're not helping. Okay, go. The Horrible Histories, Frightful First World War Special, written by Caroline Norris. Giles, Giles, Giles. The Horrible Histories, Frightful First World War Special, written by Caroline Norris, Giles Pilbrow, Steve Punt, Lawrence Rickard, and Ben Ward, is an episode of the children's... Is an episode of the children's... Television, television. This episode explores the events of 1914 through to 1918 in a humorous and palatable way. Based off of Terry Deary's... Based off the Terry Deary's... Based off of Terry Deary's book of the same name. Based off Terry Deary's book. It hits the spot. Mm. How about yourself, Philip? Your... Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this show's been critically acclaimed for its accuracy. Accuracy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm so used to saying it the other way now. Um, yeah. And so... Um, oh, I don't know what my thought was now. <laughs> Pause it when you're ready and start with this show as being kind for its accuracy. Mm-hmm. Or accuracy, whatever you want to say. I didn't mean to say it like that. Yeah. Well, you could say it anyway. Yeah, That's cute. Yeah. yeah. What's the actual point there? It's coming for its accuracy... Do you want to lead that into your final thoughts? Maybe. Yeah. Or do you want to introduce me first and no, then no, no, start? no, no, no. no. One of the things that they talk about is the suffragette movement. Right. And they actually uh, wrap it up all in a song, which is actually a bit of a controversial thing because they don't... uh, They make... Because they make it sort of... Tall tales, atrocious acts. We gave you all the fearsome facts. The ugly truth, no glam or glitz. We showed you all the juicy bits. Story, ghastly, mean and cruel. Stuff they don't teach you at school. The past is no longer a mystery. Hope you enjoyed horrible history. <laughs>